Hello and welcome to Salad Class. Hi Glenn, how you doing? I'm alright Ollie, how are you mate? It's been another cracking week hasn't it? It has been another good week. Another week, two wins, five goals, six points. Man. Standard. Standard, standard, eh? Yeah, not exactly standard for the two games to compare them, were they? One, <laughs> no. one was a worldie and one was an absolutely awful game, so we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, what a, you know, at the start of last week we were, we were sort of talking about the two draws, weren't we, and thinking what's it going to yeah. be, these are two tricky games, and another six points now, and it's just, it keeps going on and on this run, and yeah. it is... You know, you, you, everyone is running out of descriptive words for it, basically, aren't they? And we said that about six weeks ago, and we're still saying yeah. the same thing. So it is mental. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm sticking with the word ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sticking with that. <laughs> so yeah, so so today we'll go through um, the Bristol Rovers game. We'll go through um, the Fleetwood home game, and also we've got an audio clip from um, Talk Posh which is a show, and um, they do a live show on YouTube and Facebook um, talking about Posh, and he's done an a audio clip for us, so that's quite good to listen to, and we can obviously talk ahead to the Peterborough game. Yeah, it should be good actually, shouldn't it, Ali, because we did them a favour yep. and did a bit of a video for their sort of video podcast they do, and we just watched it back, and it was after the game on Saturday, and we were a bit windblown, weren't we, and a bit giddy yeah. about another win, so um, yeah, it'd be good to give uh, town fans a bit of a feeling for what they're looking what they're looking for on Saturday, because um, obviously now they're not in the best of form, but we'll come to Peterborough later on. Yeah. And so I think it's worth just saying we've definitely got faces for, for podcasts. Yeah, definitely. I don't think we're, we're going to be uh, impinging on anyone's uh, TV commitments anytime soon, are we? Jesus. Um, no. Yes, I think, well, yeah, that's Peterborough to come, isn't it? But I think let's start yeah. with Bristol Rovers versus Shrewsbury Town because what a mental game that was. So, um, yeah, we'll move into that now, Ollie. Swings across in towards Stevens and ball. Stevens is there. It's a goal. Wayne Clark's going to pinch it. So the first game of this week was Shrewsbury Town 4, Bristol Rovers 0. What a game. Um, goals from Mr Rodman, Mr Morris, Mr Nolan and Mr Brown. Uh, all in the first half, Ollie, as uh, you're aware, because you were there, in front of 5,600 Town fans. Um, quite a decent attendance from Bristol Rovers as well, I thought. Yeah, it's 500 and, yeah, 524. And I remember my colleague at work said they'd bring over 500, so he was bang on the money. Was bang on. So yeah, all in all, though, a lovely Tuesday night at the Meadow, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it does bear some reflection, I think, you know, just before we get into the details of the game. To me, it felt like the best half of football we've had under Paul Hurst. You know, a consistent, free-flowing, counter-attacking, you know, game of football where we just couldn't be contained at times. It was a hugely enjoyable watch that first half, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was uh, a very, very entertaining um, first half <laughs> of football, um, which town, yeah, just played to their strengths. They did. Um, yeah, it was very enjoyable. So, yeah, so... Yeah, do you want to go through the team, Glenn? Yes, so obviously we had Henderson in goal, as usual, um, with Bolton, Nasala, Sadler and Brown at the back. Uh, Godfrey, Nolan and Agogo the centre mids, with Wally and Rodman uh, restored to the, mid- the wide midfield positions um, at the start of the season. And Morris up front, with Payne not actually getting back in the team. And um, yeah, I think he'd been rotated out for fitness reasons, but um, we can come to what Paul Hurst had, had to say about the reasons he's been resting players a bit later on. But yeah, um, yeah so there we go. So this would have made it 14 games unbeaten if we won, which we did do. And we are unbeaten in the last five games at home versus Rovers, which lasts 15 years. So we're a bit of a bogey team for them when they travel away, aren't we? So... Um, yeah, that was a good omen before the game started as well, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah solid team. You know, I, I was more than happy to see us restored to our sort of generally accepted starting eleven, I suppose. Um, Back to the team that started at um, Oxford. Yes, the last, I think the kind of last time this whole last time Morris really started in the league, I think. Other than Payne, yeah. Sorry, I got that wrong. But yeah, the, the rest of the team, other than Payne, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a good team, and yeah, interesting to see obviously Robin Wally back in. So yeah, it was good to see and. Yeah, I guess we kind of that team. We thought we've got a good chance again. Mm. So when the game started, Ollie and Bristol Rovers got right on top. <laughs> did you think <laughs> yeah, you were 
Are you sitting there at half time with us at 4 0 up? No, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? In terms of the game, the game, the game started. Um, they put us under the cosh a bit. Um, and if, yeah, they they had I don't they had the first few shots. They had a few reference from long range and a few corners. Um, which made you feel, yeah, it wasn't necessarily going to be an easy game. Not that we thought it was going to be one. I don't think anyone, anyone of the Shrewsbury persuasion is getting arrogant at this point. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good start by Rovers. It was, wasn't it? It was probably a good, you know, we're talking about a good first five minutes, really, but they certainly did put us under the pressure. And, you know, yeah. it was one of those ones where we were just trying to figure them out and, and we weren't getting out quite as quickly as we would have hoped. But um, to be honest with you, once five minutes had gone, the game kind of evened off. And then from that point onwards, Bristol Rovers wanted to attack us, didn't they? That was quite clear. They'd yeah. come to have a go at us. They'd, they'd obviously thought drawn two in a row they'd obviously look to come and try and beat us for the first time and, and in some respects that played into our hands in it because our yeah. tactic was to hit them quick on the break and, and the first goal um, from Rodman do you want to take us through that because that was good counter-attacking football wasn't it yeah it was fantastic wasn't it so yeah so Mr Henderson got the ball uh, Menes often does he often looks for an outboard doesn't he straight away um, so he got the ball, threw it to Rodman. Um, he played, a, would say, a lot a one-two, but one-two doesn't really describe for those guys, those exile fans. It was kind of a one-two, but over kind of like quite a, a length of the pitch. Yeah. Um, so Wally to Rodman. Um, then Rodman got the ball back, and he basically just kind of ran into the box and just passed into the back of the net. It was, yeah. it was such a, it was a lightning quick. And I actually, uh, the geek that I am, I actually counted it <laughs> um, using um, using iFollow, and it was a twelve-second attack from wow. Henderson's gloves to the back of the net. That's what they call transition, isn't it? Jesus, from defence yeah, to attack in twelve seconds. Yeah, I liked it because Wally and Rodman, when they, you know, obviously they played a big part in the goal. They went right, right up and had a big sort of massive hug and a chat about the goal, didn't they? And it, when those two were on fire in either wing, we are so difficult to deal with. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a brilliant goal to be honest with you. And um, one of the things I was going to ask you about really was Rodman because, you know, again I've said it a few times this season that's the best game he's had for Shrewsbury Town. But in that first half. He was literally unplayable at times, wasn't he? <laughs> he was on a mission. Unbelievable. Rodman was on a mission. Um, he was he was running everywhere, but not you know he wasn't like running like a headless chicken. He was you know he was doing his job, and he was he was he wanted to make an impression on that night and by God he did it's interesting because he'd had a lot of press only in the paper the, the week before about his yeah, sort of, you know how scholarly he was and, 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 and you know it was in one of the major newspapers wasn't it and at one, you yeah, know we've always times. talked about him, yeah we've always talked about him being a confidence player and I think that that extra confidence of you know him being recognised for his off the field work as well as his on the field work had boosted his confidence even more so he was um, he was he was going mad for it I, I put a tweet on saying I hope the drug testers aren't here because Rodman's on something <laughs> and apparently uh, he, he sent me a tweet later on saying they got him again the, the drug testers were at Shrewsbury and they'd, uh, they'd got Rodman again I sort of said sorry mate but he was like no don't worry they've been here loads this season so maybe maybe the uh, fella wondering what the hell's going on at Shrewsbury yeah it's funny you mentioned that I saw um, Ryan Humphreys got into a conversation on Twitter with a Wigan fan saying like like when are you guys gonna like give up and stop because (laughs) they want their number one place back um and um, he was saying, have you guys been drug tested (laughs) which is quite obviously funny because yeah we've been drug tested quite a few times um yeah, and that, shows the top of the league. It, it does, I suppose, and that's fair enough because it is quite an unbelievable turnaround. But um, I, you know, there's nothing untoward going on here other than hard work and, and commitment, yeah. and uh, you can't test for that. Unfortunately, you can just watch it happen on the pitch. So we've yeah. seen plenty of evidence of that. So yeah, that was that was one nil after 12 minutes, um, and it took until the 24th minute to get the next goal. But even in between, then you know we were just showed our best, didn't we? Godfrey was yeah. bossing the midfield. He was like rolling over their midfielders most of the time. Um, he had one massive storming run, uh, which resulted in a Wally having a shot that. Sort of went straight to the keeper, didn't he? he? Sort of caught it. So we were looking to get the second, and yeah, it wasn't 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 too long till it came. I suppose. I, d- I think they did have a shot at one point, didn't they? But um, yeah, yeah, really, really. yeah. He was quite a good player. That number nine, yes. um, Harrison at front, and um, he was quite a threat. And he had a good effort. And um, um, yes, yeah, um, I watched um, a bit of this the first half back. Um, 
And yeah, it was quite funny, Stuart <laughs> and the team were commenting on that. It was a ridiculous, I didn't use the word ridiculous, but yeah, it was quite a um, an over-the-top yeah, <laughs> diving save Ben Henderson. Yeah, but he just loves to, to put himself about, doesn't he? So yeah, so it apparently went 10 metres wide, but um, I thought it was actually quite a close effort. Yeah, it looked at it from the West End, didn't it? But to be fair to Henderson, yeah, I'd be did. diving at everything because he hasn't really had much to do in the last few weeks. So, no. you know, <laughs> two, two clean sheets again for that lad. You can't really argue with that, can you? So um, yeah, there was that. And then, yeah, the, the second goal then, Ollie. Again, another another great finish. Yeah, it didn't take long. So, yeah, 24 minutes. Some really nice build-up play. So Nolan gets the ball on the right, plays it to Godfrey, plays it to Rodman. Rodman does this nice kind of like reverse pass um, out to, to Brown. Brown kind of just steadies himself, crosses into the back um, post. And he was one of those kind of looping crosses which seemed to take um, forever to get into the box. Yes. And then Morris jumped and he just he seemed to be smoked yeah this kind of like time kind of went still he kind of jumped up he wanted it more and he yes. headed it downwards um keeper should have done better didn't he because he kind of like <laughs> fluffed it hit the post went in yeah. um but yeah it was fantastic yeah a good header and he really wanted wanted to win that and the def- he won that over the defender with yeah, his sure kind of determination it's, it's just, he was starting wasn't he so obviously this was his chance and yeah. he wanted to take that chance you can see the lad he, he he plays with some intensity and he wants to do the best every minute and if anything goes wrong you can see he sort of steams it himself a little bit but when you jump in that high and, and you've got the ability to head a ball down like that and make it difficult for the goalkeeper, you know, brilliant header, I thought. You know, the keeper should have definitely saved it. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. He sort of fumbled it under him, didn't he? But, um, yeah, fair play to Morris, who, who's, whose work across the whole game was fantastic, I thought. A really willing runner. Um, you know, we're going to keep saying the same things about these players now. But, yeah, he didn't he didn't stop the whole game, did he, till he got subbed off? Yeah, him him and Rodman um, clearly wanted to make a point, didn't they? Yes. In terms of um, getting, you know, getting back into the team and didn't want to lose their place. So that was really nice. And then, um, yeah, it wasn't too long until we got a sec- We got a third goal. No, how long was it, actually? I'm just having a look now. I can't remember. It was five. It was another five four. Minutes, um, yeah. So it was 20, 20, yeah, five minutes. So 24 minutes for Morris and 29 min- uh, minutes That's... for Nolan. So, yeah, so this, uh, this is where uh, Morris plays um, assist here. So Morris runs down the right and crosses the ball kind of back across to Nolan who and Nolan just is kind of like a cheeky just like kind of like dink pass great finish um, really yeah. nice finished but you, I think we've got to comment that um, he was unmarked wasn't he like there was no kind of threat or kind of defensive work from them I mean the second goal kind of knocked the stuffing out of Bristol a little bit and they, they didn't retreat they still kept trying to attack him because we were still able to hit on the break a lot weren't we and it wasn't until later on yeah. we got defensive but it kind of knocked the stuffing out of him, and yeah, that third goal really killed him, to be honest with you. But yeah, he was totally unmarked, but it was mainly because of the run he made. You know, he lost his marker and found that bit of space, and yeah, pr- proper little cheeky finish, sort of thing you see, you know, experienced strikers doing. And, you know, one of the things that people have always said about Nolan is you should get, you should get more goals. I mean, you see him finishing like that, you think he probably should. So yeah, it's, he's got another one this season, so fair play to the lad. But yeah, great finish, 3 0. And then, you know, I was thinking, job job done, we could just leave it there. I wasn't really expecting a fourth, but <laughs> it was going to come down the line. But yeah, I, I, you know, that goal, class, I think. Yeah, they're, um, they kind of, I'd say they were at 2 0, they were still definitely in the game and they hadn't kind of heads had dropped, but at three, their heads dropped. Um, and yeah, we thought there could have been, you know, it could have been. A similar occurrence of when they um, when they beat Northampton six nil. Um, sorry, yeah, the other way around. Where yeah, when they when they won six nil, yeah, yeah, exactly. You might yeah. imagine that Northampton played that badly, and they did down tools. You know, I, I remember putting that on Twitter that they kind of just looked like they did, couldn't be bothered with this anymore. And um, before we got the fourth goal, we had a couple of other attacks, uh, and it was sort of like free range attacking. Then from that point onwards, and yeah. there was one where Nolan was at the heart of another good counter attack, which uh, ended up with Wally having another shot, which he couldn't get on target. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was a bit bad, really. If I was Bristol Rovers fans, I would have been going mad at the third goal. But certainly, when the when the fourth goal went in, um, you could see some of their fans on on the highlights behind the goal giving their giving their defence a load of crap because 
you know, how easy was the header for Brown? He was completely unmarked. It was a great header, a back across goal for the fourth goal. But, you know, there was no one marking him, was there? No, and the way the foul was given away was ridiculous. Well, the central defender just basically just ran into um, into Morris. No <laughs> attempt to win the ball and just like floored him. Um, and then, yeah, Wally um, got the ball, put it down. And, um, yeah, I guess Rovers thought, ah, that, that little left back at the back post, he won't, he won't be a threat. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> there he was, brilliant header, and also hit the post as well, which is always quite nice, isn't it? When he goes in off the post, I thought it was a, it was a brilliant. Header. It was one of those ones for anyone in the West End as well who enjoyed it because you were right, you were right behind it. As soon as he connected yeah. with it, you were like, "Oh, hello, this is going to be close." And <laughs> yeah. then it, you could sort of trace it all the way in until it hit the post, and then, uh, yeah, everyone, you know, that fourth goal was just. It was, you know, a great celebration within the West End where I was, and it probably yeah. was around the whole ground. But just to think, you know what, hello. And, and we could talk about it at the end of the game, really. But, you know, at that point where we've drawn two games and other fans were starting to think the wheels are going to come off, for us to suddenly be 4-0 up against a decent-ish team in Bristol Rovers, you know, you start thinking about this is championship form. This is the sort of thing that teams want to make a statement about to say, look, we aren't going anywhere here. So, you know, you started to get a little bit carried away again then. But it was well-deserved to get carried away because we were 4-0 up before half-time. So <laughs> I, I wasn't too worried about getting uh, carried away. No, definitely, and, and well, the players were definitely getting um, get carried away when they were celebrating. It was quite nice yeah. for the the guys in Block Nineteen who, um, the last few weeks, have been, yeah, um, very noisy and mm. um, yeah, really well, really supporting the team really well, and yeah, all the players celebrating in front of them for every goal, which is quite, which was quite nice to see. Yeah, that was it, and and at that point, Bristol Rovers did not look like they were going to ever get back into the game, no. did they? It was. Definitely game over at 4-0, even though there was 45 minutes to play. Which is interesting, because the second half was terrible, but we'll come to that in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, you've got, you've got a stat here that, from Phil Brown. What was this on? Was this on the <laughs> start? <laughs> no, Phil Brown is, the, is my mate who sits next to me. Oh, right, um, I so... Phil Brown the sound of their manager. <laughs> no, this is Phil Brown, the Shrewsbury Town player, the um, the MD of Salop Glass. Oh, um, yes, so exactly. um, he turned to me and said, seven, um, seven shots, five on target, four goals. Wow. Which is just quite a nice way to kind of summarise the half. Clinical, yeah. Because that was clinical, wasn't it? Very it clinical was. going forward. And there were rules off at half time, uh, deservedly yeah. so. And uh, yeah, that was it really. And then Bristol Rovers had decided they were fed up of getting smashed and came out in the second half much more defensive, didn't they, Ollie? Yeah, we we started the second half really bright, did, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. And we created quite a few chances. Um, Toto, um, Toto had a header from corner. Um, Morris had a storming run where he did some tricks and had a shot. And then Brown had that really good shot as well after a quite nice bit of build up play. That's it, really. <laughs> I've driven two lines well, uh, for the any, second half. They only had two chances in the last like two minutes of injury time, didn't they? Where they had yeah. two sort of long ranges that went straight into the ribs of um, Henderson. But they they basically went very defensive, didn't they? And, and tried to shut up shop. It wasn't like you know we would, could counter attack quite as well as we could in the first half. But I also think that it was more sensible management from Paul Hurst. You know, he went out and told them to just play the game sensibly. We, we had a lot of the ball second half. We passed it round. We you know, showed how good we are on the ball and, and sort of tried different things. But, you know, it wasn't quite as fluid as the second half because there was a few more men to go through. And similar to what happened at the Fleetwood game, which we'll come to in a minute. But, yeah, yeah. I think that, you know... Do you think was... also Town kind of um, kept took the foot off the gas in the second half? I think after 10 minutes, I felt, I felt there was a, a noticeable kind of drop-off in performance. Yeah, was no it's not a criticism to... at all. No, there was no need to kill themselves, was there? And I think that no. we made subs a bit earlier than we normally do, don't we? And as we said, Morris went off for pain, and that was quite an early substitute. So there was no point in us killing ourselves. You know, we, we, we'd had the job done, and it's the pragmatic Paul Hurst approach. You know, I don't know that's for sure, because I don't think that came out in the post-match interview, but I wouldn't be surprised if he'd said, look, go out, play them at half length. You know, if we can play this at half pace and win 4-1, who, who really cares at the end of the day? And at the end, even then, the defence played so well. We've talked about the attacking players, but again, the defence was solid as, as usual and they were never going to score, really. You know, I say the only chances they had were long-range, sort of last-minute attacks. So, yeah, all in all, it was the best 
best way to play the game out, I think, and we did, yep. did well and fantastic result, and everyone was cheering because we, uh, yeah, we we were we were there or thereabouts again in terms of. Did we go back then? No, we didn't. Yeah, go back we, had, went, we did. Yeah, because yes, we, we did. Went, we went back to no the one, yep. We're the only team that won in the top twelve, I think, wasn't it? That was Something it. Yeah. Like that. yeah. So there we go. Happy days. Yeah. So interestingly, so did you? Um, I know you love um, tactics and formations, Glenn. <laughs> so, so did you notice that they were really narrow, weren't they? So they played a. A four-three-three with basically two sh- with three strikers, one a little bit more drawn. So yeah. they were quite threatening when they went forward because clearly they had three strikers. So they did kind of overwhelm our back four. Um, mm. Godfrey had to try and get back, but I just found it very odd. So they were yeah playing four-three-three, pressing really high, but that just gave our um, our wingers. Like you know, the flanks for themselves, yeah. and then the fullbacks to push on. So I just found it. So obviously, it was clear that their manager wanted to dominate the game with their formation, and at, at times, you know, they had um, you know a few chances, mm. but it didn't work, did it? <laughs> Overall, no, it was can't. very odd. They, they, yeah, our 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 strength is obviously Nolan in mid central field, but in terms of the assists, they come from the flanks. Yeah, yeah it, you don't you wonder what their scouting had done because. Had anyone had watched our you know, first 14 games this season, they would have seen that our best players come when we've got a little bit of space and we are the ones that can break on someone. You know, And, and it's been picked up by quite a few managers. Even even Yui Rossler pointed out, and he obviously came with a tactic at the Fleetwood game, which worked a lot better than Bristol Rovers. But yeah, they obviously thought, let's try something. Let's go and try and dictate our game on Shrewsbury Town because obviously they may, may be able to have been under the misconception that we're a bit fluky or not. Who knows? But... It isn't that case. You can't come and dictate your game to us, really. And even when you do, we're still going to try and find a way to break you down. To to, to play what they played was almost kamikaze, to be honest with you, because it it led right into our hands. So yeah, they were they were they were way too attacking, uh, especially away from home at the team top of the league. Imagine imagine us going to a team like you know a few years ago when we were one of the poorer teams in the league and playing so attacking and so open. It was stupid, really. Yeah, it was odd. And <laughs> then also meant that, yeah, so we obviously then had Arthur midfield three and they did play the well, didn't they? So Godfrey um, was storming. Yes. Um, Morris was really brilliant at front and um, and the defence was good as ever. And There wasn't really much for Henderson to do. Do you think he got a bit bored maybe in the, <laughs> during yeah, I that game? I don't know. I'd imagine that he didn't mind as long as he's keep getting clean sheets. Exactly. He's probably on a clean sheet bonus, so he'll be happy either way. But yeah, he, um, I think he spends more time celebrating our goals than he does actually. <laughs> so, fair play to him. So, yeah. I absolutely love that. Um, and we'll get, get to that at the Fleetwood game again later on but yeah there we go it was it was a very strange thing for Bristol Rovers to have done and when they did go slightly more defensive and especially in the second half obviously look what happened we took our foot off the gas and by then it was game over so it's a bit more difficult to judge but it looked like that would have done them better in the long run rather than shipping four goals in whatever it was 25 28 minutes or something like that wasn't it so there we go happy days 4-0 happy we all days. left very happy so yeah I mean we talked about a few of the players there, haven't we about how good they are but um yeah, we, we slightly differ on who we would have given Man of the Match to at the moment. So who did you go for? Yeah, I think this is what I was saying. And I'm sure you agree with this, Glenn. It was, this was a tough one in terms of everyone played well, didn't they? Yes. You know, Sadler had a storming game. Toto was really good. Um, Morris had a solid game. But yeah, we couldn't choose um, the top 12 or top 11 or whatever. Um, so we went on for top three. So I went for Rodman, Godfrey and Worley. Yeah, that's fair enough, isn't it? And I, I went for Brown. Thought he was fantastic defensively, and I thought his his header was just fantastic. And I just, you know, me, I like I like Junior Brown, and um, yeah, I thought he was really good in the whole game. But I had Rodman second. I, I do appreciate that that was one of his best games he's had for the club. And I had Morris um, third because he worked damn hard in that game, and, and again scored a deserved goal. So yeah, uh, apart from Godfrey, they all scored a goal. So yeah, what's he doing in your top three, Ollie? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he just I thought that he was as key. Yeah, he was really key in terms of linking up play, winning the ball. Um, I just thought he had quite a dominant performance in that central position. 
Yeah, you know a lot of people have played well when neither me or you put Nolan in our top three. Yeah, so yeah, and Nolan did play well as well, so yeah, that's a trouble, isn't it? It was, it was a tough one, this one. So um, yeah, I think it's worth just to say, I've put, he seemed pleased. <laughs> so he had a smile on his face. Yeah. yeah, and he said it's one of the few nights that you can relax. Um, <laughs> he still wanted a clean sheet and he was still you know, working them and telling them that, and they didn't want to um, concede a goal. And there's a few times I saw Sadler really kind of you know, used, you know, being quite vocal. They did not want to um, concede a goal in that game. No. It's good to see. Yeah, so we said we were outstanding. Attacking play was good. A passing desire, um, you know, you know. So we hadn't been dreadful, but we up to our levels for that game, um, and it was a comfort overall. Um, and he said it's probably the best first half he'd seen um, in, in, you know, since he's been at Shrewsbury. Um, interestingly, um, he said a few lads needed to kick up the backside. Yeah, um, I heard that. Which is, I think is, I think that's fair. You know, he did, he did mix the team and did, you know, in the last two, with obviously playing two games a week, he has been making a few changes. But it was clear, wasn't it, with Morris and Rodman as two kind of standout men who wanted to kind of, yeah, mark, make their marker in the first team. Yeah, so if we look at the rotation in the last few weeks, he's rested Payne, Morris, uh, Rodman and Wally, hasn't he? So obviously yeah. he's thinking that those four, particularly those levels, have dropped up or on a little bit, um, have not been quite where they were at the start of the season. And then he's been rewarded, hasn't he? Because every time he's dropped someone, the next game they come back and scored. So yeah. it's obviously working, which is which is why uh, yeah, it, it's it's pers- persisting with it. And I like that. It's it's not like we're on this massive unbeaten run and he's not afraid to change things. It takes a brave manager to do that to actually rotate someone out. And not so not so brave after you know two draws away two away draws, but. Yeah, I still think fair play to the bloke. He's, he's had a go and rotating it around. And yeah, if, if people do need a bit of a kick back up the backside, it's probably going to keep our good run going. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and also, um, he did he did, he did comment on that absolutely outstanding bit of play we did. Yes. Where we were just passing the ball around and doing like, yeah, flicks and passes. And yeah, that was a really nice bit of play. So those guys who weren't there, we basically just did about, I don't know, 30 passes. Relaying um, it, yeah. Yeah, and the fans were really enjoying it. And it wasn't, it wasn't just like... That as well, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't just like we were taking the mickey. Um, it was you know genuine stretching them and mm. yeah resulted in a shot so yeah, yeah it was good it was interesting because he said that you know it was the best but he also talked highly about that performance where Oxford where we drew which we've always yeah. said on the podcast haven't we? it was one of our best performances and that that spell of play reminded me about how we played at Oxford just confident passing and, 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 and taking people apart and, and not losing the ball so yeah we've got the ability to do that um, when we need to and then yeah that's that we've got the ability to do other things as well so I think yeah. probably <laughs> move on to Fleetwood because that was other things wasn't it but um, yeah yeah, there we go. So we were back top for another few days, and then it came to Saturday, and Storm Bryan had blown in, hadn't it, Ollie? Which meant yeah. the fan zone was not available, which is a bit of a gutter. Um, but yeah, I think the wind is probably worth discussing, because it had a huge effect on the game, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did have an impact on the game, um, and we um, t- well, we actually went our normal way, didn't we, in the first half? We attacked um, the away end, um, and it was windy, but um, and that did have an impact on the game. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily windy on the deck, is it? No. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't mean you can't play football. And we did. Well, I don't know. Maybe that did contribute to our really poor passing. But I think, yeah, obviously jumping ahead there. But our passing wasn't great in this game, was it? And it wasn't the best spectacle, in, um, particularly in the first half. No, it wasn't. So, yeah, you're right. We should start off with the fact, as usual. Yeah. So, yeah, we won 1-0. Thanks to Toto scoring a header in the 89th minute, um, which sent everybody mental um, in front of just under 6,000. So, again, we're still struggling to get above 6,000. But we're almost there. It was 5989. Um, with well, Fleetwood though yeah, yeah Fleetwood. we were Fleetwood but yeah they brought 171 fans which is pretty good for Fleetwood <laughs> still a bit pathetic isn't it they're a non-league club really aren't they in terms of their fan base yeah they're not they're not, not huge travellers are they to be fair it's one of their closer games as well so you would have thought they'd have who knows they haven't got many fans so there we go so yeah this was from the result it was 15 games unbeaten um, 
uh, and we have only lost to Forest all season still, which is still quite interesting. Um, Fleetwood had scored in every game. This was the stat I brought up to you, I think, later yeah. on that day, wasn't I? That they'd scored in every game they played this season, and we shut them out. So obviously we were the first team not to let Fleetwood score. So that was again another hugely impressive um, result for Shrewsbury, and, and again sort of indicates how well the defence played. Um, and obviously, uh, we, if anyone's listened to this podcast for the last year and a half, um, we've never beaten Fleetwood, despite no. me watching us play them four times that season and losing my entire mind at one point. Um, but yeah, finally, finally, we put that hoodoo to rest as well. And, and I was saying that um, it's quite interesting in the last few weeks, Ollie, that every little sort of what do you call it, like a hoodoo or like jinx that there could be, we seem to have dispatched. Hurst got manager of the month. Uh, manager of the month, we still haven't lost. You know, we played the team bottom of the league away from home. We managed to come away without losing. We played Walsall away. We never beat. We came away from that. We played Fleetwood, who we haven't beat for years. You know, every match we seem to play, there's always this thing that says, ah, but, you know, something here is going to be the jinx thing that's going to cost us this result. And actually, we just seem to be dispatching with all these, like, <laughs> problems that we had for years. And I think it's quite nice for Shrewsbury fans not to have to worry about these hoodoos that keep coming up all the time, aren't they? Yeah, no, definitely. It's 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 refreshing. Let's put it that it way. It is very refreshing. Um, and, yeah, just, um, it was interesting. I've, I've stolen this from iFollow, I follow, um, but the... You know, in sharp contrast, and we yeah we spent fifty days on the bottom of the league table last season, and that was about roughly up to the yeah, obviously the point um, when Hurst um, took over, which is actually his um which is actually next which is actually tomorrow so on Tuesday is a uh, yeah twelve months since Hurst Hurst joined the club, so yeah it's just a uh, yeah twelve months yeah it's what a twelve months yeah so same team yes. so um, he went for the same team as played on Tuesday, which is not too surprising considering we went four 0 no. And how did Fleetwood set up, mate? <laughs> Could oh. they have played any more people in defence? No, so they played five in defence, and it wasn't wing-backs. They Jeez, played yeah. full-backs and three central defenders. They played a defence midfielder who was literally, you know, you know, literally didn't really move more than, like, you know, five metres away from the central defender, the central centre of the tenders. Um, and then they had two central midfielders playing alongside him, pushing up a bit more, but... No, not really pushing forward that much. No. And then two strikers kind of like, you know, um, out at sea um, trying to yeah, trying to create something. It was a very, very defensive um, setup from Fleetwood. Mm. Um, and I think it's fair to say that they came, they parked, they parked the bus, they um, did. the bench, um, they parked everything they possibly could. And they basically built a barricade in front of the goal. They parked um, a train. <laughs> to be honest with you. Christ, or an aeroplane. They could not have been more parked if it was possible to no. be parked. It was interesting because I'd listened to um, uh, the pre-match interview by Uwe Rossler and I had a feeling this would happen because in his in his, in his his pre-match interview with their local press, he was very clear in saying that he thinks, like I've mentioned before, their best that we play is on the counter-attack. So he wanted to basically stop us playing counter-attack in football. Now, for as crap as it was to watch, and particularly their time-wasting, which is another issue, but their actual defensive play and the shape they brought and the way it worked for them, considering they were playing a team top of the league that haven't lost, in the first half, you can't really say it didn't work. It totally stifled us, didn't it? Yeah, it did stifle us, but then I think that some of the passing was dreadful, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. So there was, yeah, it was... They did do a good job they did they were very tight they were we they basically was like so many men in the center of the park um it was very difficult to try and like break them down but we weren't at our best were we our crossing was quite poor and our choice of pass was poor as well in the first half so yeah definitely a contributor and yeah we've got to give Fleetwood credit in terms of how they defended but um you know if I think if we'd been our you know the same as we'd bit against Oxford or the same we were against Rovers I think we probably would have um, created more chances and probably scored in the first half 
Yeah, and I think maybe Hurst might not have suspected him to be quite as defensive, and if he had done, I think he might well have started with the team that he finished the game with, playing four up front and being a bit more attacking ourselves, because that hugely affected the game in the second half. We were much better, I thought, when he made those changes. So it's one of those things, you know, we got through the first yeah. half, we figured out what it was like, and we were much better in the second half and, and broke them down. But yeah, it was it was a pretty poor game, and you can't blame it all on the weather. Our passing was slack. No. The wingers were particularly... You know they were a level down from where they were on the Saturday, um, and it was also difficult for like Rodman, uh, Godfrey, Godfrey, and Agogo to get as much control as they usually have because essentially yep. every time they look for that five-yard pass to get them out of trouble, there were just men everywhere, and and it was very congested in the midfield, like you say. So it wasn't a great watch, was it? To be fair, and we had like, there was a few chances, but there were you know well, nothing yeah. was particularly good, was it? No, and it was hard to switch the ball really quickly. So yep. one of the um, the strengths of the of the um, the Rovers game was the the quick um, switching of the ball through the air sometimes out to the flanks um, Wally did it quite a few times and Godfrey did it quite a few times out to the flanks and it was it was been pretty much impossible to do that with the weather um, on Saturday but we did create a few chances yeah. um, so Wally had a, uh, an effort and Rodman had a half volley um, which came after I <laughs> felt, felt a bit sorry for the defender he headed the ball and it kind of came back because <laughs> of the wind he kind yeah, of had, he did head it upwards but he just kind of came back um, and then there was that really weird chance for Fleetwood when Do- when Toto kind of dived um, and then t- Fli- Henderson had to come flying out of a yeah. slide tackle. Um, so that was, he was very sharp and aware there, wasn't he? He was. Toto had a couple of moments in the game, didn't he, before he scored <laughs> the winner. And it was one of those ones where like, it looked like for most of the game he was going to be one to cost us and then later on he actually won it for us. So That pass he did. He did a pass. I think, I guess it was to Godfrey. But it was like in between. Like it was like four meters away from Godfrey, and they counterattacked. And there was one in the second half where you kind of like let the ball roll across his foot, and he had no oh, idea a man was right behind that. him. And luckily, this guy missed the ball, and he got away with it. But yeah, he he has that in his locker. He just <laughs> he'd like to give us a bit of a scare. Um, I love him. He's a good player, though. To be fair, um, yeah. yeah. So there, yeah, there was that as well, wasn't there? And um, yeah, thirty-nine minutes in, Fleetwood player booked for blinking time wasting. Oh my god, it was terrible. The time wasting. Was he time wasting? Because yeah, he was. But then, did you see how? But I, I watched it back a couple of times on the um, on the highlights, and Roslo went absolutely mental. Yeah, he mental. kicked something, didn't he? Yeah, I saw he that. tried to kick the ball and he went mental. So I'm not sure if it was clearly there were tie wasting their keeper. Like how their keeper didn't get booked is an yeah. absolute travesty. Like it's an absolute joke that he didn't get booked. So, but then he, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was just acting. I don't know. But yeah. I've, and also just worth mentioning, in the second half, they had another player booked. So I've I've never... I think I've probably seen a player being booked for time-waste throw-ins once. But I've never seen two in one game, which kind of just, um, yeah, kind of symbolises like how defensive they were, doesn't it? I, yeah, I, I, they were time-wasting as far as I could make out because he, yeah. he had a warning just prior to... It was just a bit odd. It was just a bit odd that he went so mad. Yeah, well, he was a bit mad the whole game, I thought, uh, their manager, to be fair, if you looked at him. He was a lot of histrionics the whole time and the referee had to go and talk to him at one point. So he was clearly agitated about something but yeah it was interesting because um yeah the, the whole time wasting thing i thought the town fans were really good actually getting on the referees back about it they were complaining about every little bit of time wasting all right we didn't get the keeper booked but i thought it did help the keep the referee kind of try and keep them as honest as they could but i thought the town fans were really good in trying to you know put our case forward you know not just the chanting yeah. and you know, there was massive chance for godfrey during the game which i thought was really interesting and um probably the player that got the most chance but he's got like a new catchy chant hasn't he but yeah, yeah i mean yeah besides of the time wasting i thought the fans were brilliant again on saturday yeah so, they um, were yeah there we go so yeah roster was going mad um and then yeah the best uh effort from uh we had sort of was uh junior brown wasn't it where um was on his right foot and uh, from a corner. Uh, yeah, that was much of it. But there we go. These were some chances that we had. But in, in general, it was a pretty 
poor game of football to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. So this, yeah, it says a lot, doesn't it? When your left back has the best two chances, so he yeah, had that right enough. right shot, and then you had the header from the corner from that. But yeah, not the best first half. So yeah, second half started a bit better, didn't it? And there was a lot more chances in in, in this game, and it was again clear that um, only one team was trying to um, kind of win this win this game. So Morris had a good chance, didn't he? Um, after a really nice Wally um, Wally run, um, Wally had a long range effort, um, which. Yeah, we obviously didn't score from. Um, and then there's that Rodman scramble as well where he had those two efforts um, and the keeper just managed to keep the ball away. That was unlucky, that was, to be yeah. fair. I, I, yeah, I think his second one in that scramble was going in, but it was blocked by yeah. the defender, wasn't it, on the line? And the keeper was sort of stranded in no man's land. So um, that was actually a quick, pretty good crossing, I think, from uh, Bolton at the time. So, yeah, I think he, he did pretty well there. But, yeah, it was a bit unlucky, to be fair, that. And, um, yeah, even, even Abs had his usual one shot where you thought it was falling really nicely for him and it was close, but it still didn't go in. So no. he, <laughs> the goal still evades him. It was um, close, though, wasn't it? It was, it was a good effort. Yeah, he did well, actually. Better than usual. Um and then, so we were getting on top there. We were creating more chances. But I think that this was the next key point was where we went four four two. So um, Payne came on for Bolton, and everyone was like, "Fair play, Hursty, he's going for it." I loved it. He, you know, it was yeah. such an attacking substitution to take a right back off for a striker, and obviously eventually moved a go-go over on uh, not a go-go, sorry, um, Godfrey, Godfrey. to right back, who played there at Doncaster, and then played four four two essentially. Um, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant, and I think it really, really, really set gave us the intention that we were desperate to win this game, and it, it put even more pressure on that this Fleetwood defence that essentially backs the wall for most of the rest of the game. Um, yeah, and it really changed the game for me. Yeah, it did, and it obviously gave um, the wingers two two target men in the box yeah. to put the ball in. So yeah, it did. It put the um, Fleetwood even more on the back foot, mm. and not that they couldn't really go any further backwards they uh, did have one chance where they attacked us and that Devante Cole <laughs> ran in and he got, he got in and he was like going in towards goal we were like oh what's going to happen and he essentially fell over, over, over. well he tried to like cross it with his left foot yeah. and he <laughs> fell over and he just like stayed on the ground it was like and then I sort of turned to I looked at Rosler at that point and he just kind of turned away like he just like it was really it was like one of the worst things I've ever seen a footballer do he was like it was terrible do you remember so we were talking was... about the transfer window and we were talking about that video Sheffield United put up? Fleetwood yeah. wanted to get Sheffield United to pay a million pounds for Devante Cole. Million pound. He scored eight goals, but yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but then oh, but also a funny moment was when um, Tota did that feint to pass. Oh yeah. And, and, and Devante Cole went the wrong way. That was completely. He completely did him. him. Yeah, he <laughs> grandison him. He did, but yeah, that was quite scary. So yeah, that was quite funny as well. Got away with it. There we go. So yeah, we started to turn the screw then, didn't we really? And we had a fair few chances into the box. Um, good, better. Crossing was much better, I think, then, because we had more targets, you say. Rodman had a good long-range shot after Godfrey had a run. And then, yeah, then <laughs> then everybody went insane. <laughs> yeah. It was funny, right? We should talk about it. We got a corner very late on. Um, um, and, you know, everyone was sort of coming up for it. And, I, and, and we should just mention as well, before that, Brown had got injured, hadn't he? Um, yeah. So we'd gone down looking from what fans were saying over that side. Um, by the south stand, he might have done something to his knee because he went down, stayed down, and he lo- and Brown never goes down. I thought he, he twisted his knee watching it. Yeah, so that was bad. So Beckles came on, and so we were lined up for the corner, and I thought I fancy Beckles here because he's big lad, isn't he? Beckles, considering. Yeah, yes. I, so you know, I thought he was going to be the one to get it, but no, nope, it wasn't. It was the man Toto, wasn't it? It was a a Wally corner, a, a surprisingly for once a good Wally corner. I'd have to say it was pr- particularly right onto his head, and um, Toto. Great header, to be honest. We got up yeah. and he just steered it over a man on the line as well. So it wasn't like looping header, wasn't it? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant header. And um, not only did the whole team celebrate, but pretty much every single person in the stadium, other than Fleetwood's fans, did because it was just a. It, 
I've been saying this a lot this season. We've had some really big mentals, haven't we? You know, for, yeah. for all the things that have been going on. But again, that one was one that sort of topped it because Wigan were about to go back top, so we knew we needed the win to stay top. Oh my god, it felt good. It felt damn good. Yeah, it felt because it's been a very frustrating half game. Yeah. Sorry, a game of football, um, and it didn't feel like you know we're not like if we were going to complain or anything because it's yeah, it's just so much fun. We can't complain about the exactly. season. Yeah. But um, yeah, to kind of like yeah, stuff uh, stuff one to Fleetwood, well, especially after all <laughs> the joy we had last season and yeah. The, yeah, the way they were playing. Um, and yeah, and it's also big totes as well. So yeah, he's, it was nice for him to get that header, and and it was brilliant. I was watching the um, the highlights back again as I do, and it was funny because as soon as like Toto was near, like the family stand, the whole team was there. Like it yeah. was just a sea of of, of blue shirts, um, so all right in on it. So it was not brilliant. not the whole team though. Where was Dean Henderson, Ollie? Uh, Dean Henderson was in block nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, he's amazing in fair play yeah. he literally got he him just went fans. mad he just went mad and ran into the fans um, and I saw online that apparently some of the um, the Fleetwood players were like staring at him like, what's he doing <laughs> he don't care Yeah, he literally didn't take no, me- no messing off anyone to be fair to the lads so I thought that was brilliant yeah the whole team what passion and um, it was interesting in the week because they'd done an interview with Toto and obviously he scored the winner and he was talking about you know the reasons why the form has changed and one of the things he talked about was friendship did you read that no so I, talk- didn't, I didn't talked see about, that talked about how you know he's he's friends with almost all of the guys in the squad and he was talking about how unusual that is in football and he was saying you know if I want to go out for a meal with someone in the evenings I, I can do it with any of the lads we all get on so well you know they're a really good group and I guess that playing well and, and the good football plays a part in that but you've obviously got no real egos in that team you know if, if that's what Toto's saying and he seems like a reasonably down-to-earth lad you know to, to, to know they're all friends and they're enjoying this roller coaster together with, with their mates essentially now rather than just teammates I think what a brilliant time to be part of a football team so yeah, it was great, and I think that celebration proves the point in some respects that they all were just loving. You can even see like players like Godfrey, who's on loan. You know, his passion when he's celebrating yeah. goals with his with his mates. You know, it's just it's brilliant to see. And then the fact that you know Godfrey and Rodman and a few of the others interact with the fans on Twitter and and other places now, and and it, it's just such a unity with with the squad and the team and the fans. I think it's just. It's a hard, it's a hard recipe to ever get that right, Ollie. But we have yeah. certainly got it right at the moment. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's Paul Hurst and Doig have done, and, and Brian done a fantastic job mm. bringing this play, um, bunch of players together. And yeah, you were mentioning um, Wally um, and Rodman talking. There's also um, Wally, um, sorry, um, Rodman in the Rovers game and um, did the assist and pass to Brown, and it was a kind of a bit of cheeky reverse pass. Yeah. And it's funny when um, when they're all celebrating and, and Wally came over and kind of made a point and obviously really wanted to chat to Rodman about that really nice pass he'd done to Brown <laughs> and it's just like it just like it was like two lads talking about you know almost like Sunday League because that kind of demeans what they're doing but you know they really want to chat to each other about like you know, what they're doing on the pitch um, mm. and they really care and it's not about you know Wally's not going oh he's got an assist so I don't want to celebrate with him it's like that was amazing mate that was brilliant yeah it was yeah I, I totally agree it's, it's just great to see and it, yeah. it makes me enjoy watching them much much more knowing that to be honest with you I think it was a really yeah. interesting thing to have heard so um there we go. It was well deserved, though. You know, as much as the first half was poor, we definitely got to grips with them in the end. And and you know, they had one shot in the whole game. And um, you know, you put you put the stats up here from the game. Yeah. So we had sixty one percent possession to their thirty nine. Uh, Twelve shots to their one and seven shots on target to their none. And their manager had the audacity to come out after the game and say he thinks they deserve something from it and that it was a pretty even game and we didn't really create anything. Yeah. I was like, you what, mate? Yeah, he said, yeah, I can't believe he said they deserved something from the game and his players didn't really well. And at one point he actually said Shrewsbury didn't deserve to win. Oh. Jesus. So sorry, what did you just say? 61% possession, 12 shots, yep. seven on target, and they had one. What? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's mad, isn't it? He's... 
it's just propaganda. Is it propaganda for the for the fans that didn't attend? He's trying to convince the board and the fans at home that you know Shrewsbury were really really lucky. Mm, I don't know. I think it's if you say you've got the 89th minute and you've got a point from the team at the top of the league, you think you deserve something because you defended pretty well. And they but to say sure you didn't deserve to win, I don't know. It just seems seems harsh, but yeah, but they didn't deserve to win. That's for no, sure. So, certainly didn't. Uh, they didn't even attempt to win, which is embarrassing, frankly. And I, I guess that Fleetwood don't play like that every week. To be honest with you, having read that they've scored in every game, I imagine not. Yeah. But they certainly came here with a game plan that almost worked for them, but was terrible to watch. And you know, it's you've got to give your principles away to try and get something in this league sometimes. And and he almost got away with it. He almost he almost did a job on us, but not quite, unfortunately. So um, yeah, it was an exciting end to the game for us. And that's exactly what Hursty had to say, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, so he was just saying, yeah, exciting end. Um, he says, yeah, you know, it wasn't the best spectacle, partly because of the conditions, but also Hurst was very clear to say partly because of the opposition. So he agrees with us there. Um, and he said there was only one team that was trying to win the game. Um, yeah. And the message to the lads at half time was to keep focus, remain patient. Um, and yeah, Big Totes came up with a yeah massive header to um, yeah to win the game. <laughs> And we both went for Toto man of the match, obviously, yeah. didn't we? Because he was he was great in defensive yeah. in the defensive side of the game. And it was a hard game for defenders with the wind blustering around. There were so many times where players tried to judge the ball coming to them, whether it was attackers or defenders or midfielders, and they'd go to head it or they'd go to chest it and the ball would just blow over their backs. And so it was a difficult game for the defenders. And um, we both went for Sadler as well in second, which I think is was well-deserved. I mean, really, the only difference between Sadler and um, Toto was that he totally scored the winner, really. They were both fantastic, weren't they? Yeah. And then we've gone for different... I don't think you're going to agree with my third place, but yeah, you've gone for a go-go third, haven't you? Yeah, I went for yeah, Sadler and a go-go. And yeah, I'm a bit confused. Yeah, I went, I went for Bolton, mainly because I haven't really picked up on Bolton. I wanted to just have a quick word about him, really, because... Uh, I thought you know I thought he was solid enough. I don't think you maybe thought he was. You think he was poor in possession, don't you? But I think yeah. his crossing was pretty good in the game actually and and he was solid enough in the game. But I wanted to pick it up because you've got to remember this is this kid's something like 11th or 12th football league game, right? And he's playing in these teams that are, he's playing in a team on a run like this. This lad has not experienced league football before and I just really wanted to give him a bit of credit really because we, we had a good defensive performance, the second clean sheet in a row that he's been a part of um, and sometimes I don't think that some of our players are getting picked up on it and um, yeah, I just thought it was really worth pointing out that because, you know, fair play to him to have come into this team and taken to league football so quickly. Yeah, no, I totally agree with your sentiments. I was just thinking this was, yeah, not necessarily the game to get in a top three. It was hard <laughs> to choose a top three this week. No one really stood out. Yeah. Um, I thought his distribution was really poor and not talking about his defensive performance because he was solid and nothing went down his solid, flank yeah. but then not much came from Fleetwood anyway no. uh, but his distribution was I'd say conference level it was get the ball and then a lot of balls just down hoop and hoof and hope kind of so I was a bit disappointed of his distribution but yep. but you know, I'm not saying he's done badly he's done fantastically well all season he should be really proud of his performances so I'm sure it was just a one-off and I'm sure we'll see um, um, the real Bolton back soon because if you don't yeah. I think Riley will probably be pushing on that that um, on that um, that position soon if he's... I think I yeah, I think I agree with you in the first half. I think I agree with that. I think second half he did push up a bit more and support yeah. the, the wingers. And his crossing was quite good. As I say, I'm pretty sure he crossed for that um, that Rodman couple of yeah, chances Yeah, he did as well. put a few nice balls in. His distribution in the attacking position was probably pretty pretty decent in general. But um, yeah, there we go. Super stuff. And that yeah. was that. Still top. Unlucky Wigan. They were a minute away from being top of the league. and we Yeah, their fans must have been gutted. Imagine <laughs> sitting away from him going, oh, finally we, we'll take Shrewsbury back down again. Who are these little lads? Who are, the, who are Shrewsbury? And... Yeah, popped up again. Not to be, lads. Yeah. Not to be. There well, we go. Well, the day it ruined accumulators, because I'm sure most people's accumulators are, dro- are destroyed by Man United losing to Huddersfield. Um, but those guys around the country that thought, nah, Shrewsbury, a safe bet. We're f- we 
please. So I'm sure that that brought mm. a few smiles. I was glad Man United lost because it means it's only us and Man City are the unbe- only unbeaten teams in in the football league in the Premiership now. So. Yeah, How many games gonna... they played though? I do get. I know you, what you say is completely factory correct, but they've only played nine yeah. games. We played six yeah. more. Yeah, exactly. And so, do you think Man City will go? You know, if we lose on Saturday, I hope it doesn't happen. But do you reckon who will have a longer unbeaten run this season? That's on Man City. Ooh, uh, I, well, they're not going to lose to Baggies. I don't think they'll lose to the Baggies. <laughs> they're not lose so, to anyone, are they? No, they're, they're pretty phenomenal. Yeah, they're pretty phenomenal. I want to go back and watch those Stoke goals because apparently De Bruyne's passing was immense. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so no, it was good. There we go. So we we've taken our, our passionate side of it now, and yeah. you know it was brilliant again. And, and we won't we won't labour the point about how amazing this all is, and, and we've said that enough on the podcast. But um, yeah, that was it. That was the end of the two games this week. So obviously we'll look forward to Peterborough in a minute and do the predictions. But we'll go into another section now because you've been looking at some statistics, haven't you, Ollie? And you want to yeah. bring a few of them to our mind. So we shall go into Ollie's statistic roundup. Given straight back to Shrewsbury Town as they build from the back again with Grant into the edge with Collins. Bobby Grant still going on to his left foot and shoots Shrewsbury Town straight into the league. Ollie's statistic roundup. Um, Glenn, I don't know if you've known, but have you seen um, this um, new statistic that's been going, starting to do the rounds and has been on Sky Sports um, sometimes and a lot of people are talking about um, XG? Yeah, expected goals, isn't it? Yeah, I've selected yes. the goals. So, um some people, who, those who don't know, I imagine quite a lot of fans do know about this, but just for those who don't. So basically, expected goals um, is a method to quantify the quality of chances created um, and conceded by a team throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So to kind of give you an example, if a, if a player um, has a shot in front of goal, that's got a much better chance than, say, for example, a shot from a wide location. Yep. So every shot almost gets a uh, score, um, and that is multiple. Uh, that is added up during the game, which kind of gets to your kind of xG score and mm-hmm. also your xG defense. So it's worth. It's, I thought it was really worth kind of um, using this um, kind of xG analysis because I think it's a really interesting way to quantify. You know, do Shrewsbury deserve to be where they are? Because yeah. you know we've all seen the game. You know, you know Wimbledon FA Cup final, um, Chelsea Champions League final, where you know you say they rode their luck, didn't really mm-hmm. try to win. But the team, you know, didn't have that many chances. Has, you know, won the game, and you know, often teams, you know, can have quite lucky seasons. And it's quite interesting. So the the data comes from a guy called Ollie Walker. Yeah. Um, Ollie Walker. I used to. He Sorry, was. I should just say that Ollie is every Ollie really really interesting statistics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But yeah, Ollie Walker. Yeah, used to work for Optostats, and now works for um, Stratabet. Okay. Um, so what they do is yeah. So interestingly, they do data on League One, which is also quite an interesting one. And they provide data for guys that do um, betting essentially. And this is taking data for the first twelve games of the season. So in terms of so basically, you know, he's asking this question. So far, have Shrewsbury been genuinely good? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I could have told him that. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's interesting from a stats position. So in terms of Shrewsbury, we got the third best XG um, going forward in the league. So yep. we're just behind Wigan and Rotherham, which is not too surprising considering you know two championship teams. But puts us above Bradford um, mm. and a- AFC Wimbledon. Interestingly, a fifth. But the worst are Gillingham, Northampton, and Oldham. Um, so yeah, does, not too many surprise surprises me. there. No, not too many surprises there. In terms of um, in terms of defence, so here they look at the number, the volume, and the quality of defending. So clearly, if you if we're giving away opposition, given the chance for opposition to shoot, you know, in those central areas um, where they've got the better chance of scoring, you're going to have a you know a poor xG. Mm. But actually, our xG is really good. So uh, we're up there with AFC Wimbledon, Doncaster, and Wigan. Yep. So we actually got the best, the second best kind of defence in terms of XG in the whole league, in terms wow. of limiting the quality of the chances. So that's really impressive. You know, we've got a really good attack and we've got a really um, solid defence. Shows you we're not just relying on one end, are we? No. We're not relying on a good attacking f- formation, a good attacking t- element of the team, or a good defensive element of the team. 
it's a team, you know, yep. th- it comes both ends and the midfield weigh in on both of those XGs as well, don't they? So it does yep. show you it's across the board. Yeah, and the most interesting bit that Ollie points out is that, um, so we're going, he's, you know, in his jury's article, he goes back, we'll, we'll post the link out later. He says that, you know, we're defensively we're doing really well, but interestingly, we've got the fifth fewest chances per game. Yeah. So of the whole league, 24 teams, 19 teams in the league are creating more chances than us. Wow. Uh, Clinical. Um, yeah, and we also create the same amount of chances per game as Gillingham. Oh God! <laughs> but so this is the interesting bit. But however, uh, but so this, so this is what Ollie says. So Shrewsbury's chances of an XG shot value is double that of Gillingham's. So that means that when we have our shots, we are twice the more like we've got chance twice chance of us actually scoring. Mm. So another way of putting it is almost he puts it in terms of like dices. So it's like us rolling a six-sided dice and yeah. Gillingham rolling a ten-sided dice. That's how much more effective we are going forward. So I yes, mean, it, it plays a part, doesn't it? Because it, it, you can obviously put a bit of that down to whether the strikers take their chances or not. Yeah. But, but a lot of it is to do with the fact that we carve out better chances. We don't just toss the ball in the yep. box, or we don't just have a pop from range. That's not what we do this season, and so that's probably one of the reasons what's playing out in the stats, isn't it? Yeah. So the, yeah, I think it's really interesting to show that you know this isn't luck. So you know this is this is stuff that you know, this is kind of XGs what you know clubs are using, um, betting um, companies are using, and, and the yeah. guys that are kind of you know professional betters are using this to kind of determine which teams they should be betting on. Um, and yeah, so we're at the top in terms of um, in terms of XG for going forward, and yeah, and defensive as well. Yeah, it's really impressive that we're you know reducing. You know, we don't have many shots against, and the quality of them is so poor because we're so defensively well organised. Mm. So yeah, we've got the defence working really hard. You know, all the think of all those blocks and all those you know Godfrey getting back and the shape we're having. Yeah, we're not we're limiting the opposition's chances. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. To it is interesting. It's like, it must be nice for you, know, Ollie, to know what you've been seeing on the pitches backed up by some pure hard maths. So that's good. But I, I, I read through it as well, and it is it is just a good read for us because like yeah. I said you got to the second line of it. It said, "Are Shrewsbury lucky?" And it was like, "No, they are playing well this season." I was like, "That'll do. I don't need to read anymore." But um, yeah, but to know that that you know that's backed up by these pure statistics, and that is the reason why our odds of winning the league have come in so dramatically yeah. because people are looking at these sort of statistics at betting clubs, at betting companies. They don't want to get caught cold, do they? You know, if this is what's being proved. They're going to start bringing our odds in. You know, we're now they won't offer odds of us being in the top six now. Some betting companies because they think it's almost guaranteed to happen, which seems mental to be honest with you. Considering <laughs> it's October, but that's what's happened at some betting companies. So, yeah, it is interesting how betting works and how detailed football league statistics are. And I know a friend of mine who actually works in this industry, and I'm sure if we um, might have to ask him really to tell him what it, what sort of things he's got on Shrewsbury Town. But um, it is it is an interesting way that they work now. It isn't just yeah. oh, a big club's playing a small club. They they can't be that exposed to these results anymore. So. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Tweet those. Um, tweet that information out again on yeah. after the podcast because I'm sure people will want to read the article. And it was. It was a good read, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's quite funny actually. So the, in terms of the XG of the um, the Fleetwood game, so Shrewsbury had one point two three. So the, the the expected goals was just over one, and yeah. Fleetwood's was like so low that I have to assume it was zero point zero zero five or something like that. <laughs> It was that low. It's probably so, even less yeah. when they started playing with five at the back. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, so I thought it was quite interesting and we'll share that out. It just shows you you know, you know, even the coverage of um yeah, of statistics is coming down to League One as well. So there's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of content actually. There's been lots of stuff in the press about shoes, hasn't in the last few weeks, you know, not just the Axe Robin thing, but it was a big thing about the safe standing and that the effect that's gonna have in the Guardian the other day, and there was another yep. thing in another newspaper about I think it was the, the football league paper, wasn't it? A big yeah, double press spread centerpiece. on it. Yeah, so it's great to be in a shoe town at the moment, getting to read all the stuff because we're so like under under we're so under the radar normally that um, you never get to hear of it, do you? So yeah, there we go. Um, that's the XG. I think oh, that was interesting. As I say they're going to do an update of that, aren't they, later in the season? I yep. think. So maybe we can discuss it again then. So um, 
yeah, we'll, we'll leave that there. I think it, it'll be interesting for others to have a read of it as well. And then if you've got any thoughts, let us know. But um, yeah, we'll move on to the next game now and the predictions, Ollie. The usual suspects wait. Oh, and Grandison was up, and it's in! How about that for instant impact? Andy May in the substitute! So, the predictions, Ollie. We haven't updated this for a while. Um, no. With another, potentially another scarf on the line. We need to decide that, don't we? But, um, yeah, it's currently six points to you and eight points to me, because you got a point back last week. You went for us to beat Fleetwood, but you went 2-1, and I went for it to be a 1-1 draw. I said we beat Bristol Rovers, though, so... I don't get any points for that, but I did say that, Ollie. You, th- you thought we'd lose Bristol Rovers, so damn it, never mind. Um, so yeah, still pretty close at this stage of the season, only two points in it. Um, and we should look forward to our next game, shouldn't we? I mean, the first thing we should we should really talk about is Peterborough. We've obviously asked the lads from uh, Talk Posh to give us their sort of 60-second summary of their season so far, haven't we? So um, before we talk about what we think the score is going to be, we'll play that in now, Ollie. Hi, this is Luke from Talk Posh, and this is my 60-second review of Peterborough United's season so far. Feels like a bit like a, a Christmas present, to be honest. Um, you open it, you have fun, you use it all the time. It's all good, everything's brilliant. Then after a couple of months, it's at the back of the cupboard and it's useless and just disappointing. Um, August was fantastic, winning all four games, going into September and October. Awful. We haven't won in five games and it's looking pretty dismal. We also seem to be gifting points to bad teams, to managerless teams in Oldham and Gillingham. And people that are on bad form, Southend uh, South and Scunthorpe, not that good. But we seem to be dropping points. So, Shrewsbury fans, now you might think I'm leaving on cloud cuckoo land and I'm probably, I probably am. But I've got a sneaky feeling because you're on good form, fantastic form, we might beat you on Saturday. Um, 2 0, my prediction. Yeah, mad, isn't I? Anyway, if you're coming to the game, make sure you buy your tickets in advance, save yourself a couple of quid, and use that couple of quid to buy a pint on the uh, pub on the River Neen called Charters. Enjoy the game of the posh. So he's confident that he's going to, yeah, they're going to the team that's going to break our uh, uh, mug. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but let's point out they lost to Olding and Gillingham. Yep. Let's just think about that for a second. Yep. But in his, in his defence, yeah, it's it's the kind of game we would lose in it away at Peterborough. We we do struggle there. We just talked about this. There are no omens that <laughs> cause us anymore. You know, they've just lost. I can't help spin. it. I'm a Shrewsbury Town fan. Who cares anymore? I mean, yeah, it's um, he sounds like a, he's had a good start. They sound like they've had a good start of the season. It's all going downhill. So hopefully, we'll give yeah. them a fifth loss in a row. But um, I to be honest with you, I'd happily take a point at Peterborough. Yeah, um, I'll know, take be, a point as well. Stupid to think, stupid to think elsewhere, um, else otherwise. So yeah, before we do the predictions, Ollie, are you going to be going? No, I'm not. Um, I'm having a weekend away, so going down to um, near the Cotswolds um, for oh, a nice. weekend away. So yeah, that'll be nice. I'm going. I told you, Ollie, I, I, other than that game I missed when they were at Plymouth, I'm not going to not go until we're unbeaten running. So yes, I'm going. I'm taking the kids and uh, my wife's brother and her his daughter as well. So there's five of us going. Um, so yes, I shall be there, Ollie. So we'll have someone who's at the match next week. And cool. I'm feeling pretty confident, mate. I'm going to go for us to draw two two. Ah, so am I. Oh, there you go. All the chances. <laughs> yeah, so I'll go for a, a score and draw as um, a score and draw as well. Um, it's I a bit strange, see... isn't it? Considering how well our defence has played, that we think we're going to concede two, but that's just the the negative part of your mind that won't go away, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I I think um, yeah. We, well, we've had two clean sheets, <laughs> so maybe maybe we des- maybe we deserve to maybe the opposition will get a few goals. They they are good going forward, Peterborough. They're always a good attacking team, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. We have got a terrible record there, but that doesn't really make any difference. This no. The other thing we should note is that. Junior Brown definitely won't be playing next Saturday, and so no. we'll unsettle that consistent back line, won't it? Because you know 
presumably Omar Beckles is going to either play centre-back or left-back. He's played left-back before, so I imagine he'll just slot in left-back like he did against um, Fleetwood. So it'll be interesting to see whether that unsettles that, that sort of structured back line that we had. But then again, Riley and um, Bolton have been swapping over as sort of the season goes on, and it hasn't unsettled them that much, has it? So make sense to leave the two centre-backs as they are, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm kind of regretting going for two all now because they don't really score more than one goal a game. No, you can change it. Are you looking at your XG stats now? <laughs> no, I'm just looking at looking at the BBC website um, in terms of their results. No, I'll, go, I'll stick with two all. Two, no, I'll go, okay. no, I'll go, I'll go one all. I'm going to go one all. Okay, go one all. Go. I'm going to change, change your mind. I hope it's 2-2 now. That'd be good. Um, <laughs> we'll hope yeah, we we'll win, so, actually, but um, I well, think it's yeah. more likely to be a one-all. There we go. So I'll be there. So I'll be reporting back on that next week, Ollie. Um, and obviously we've got a bloody... Haven't we got a stupid EFL game? EFL Cup trophy uh, thing this know. week as well? I, I think know. we have. Against, I think we've got Walsall. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not really that bothered about that. Let me go into that. But yeah, Peterborough is the next big one, isn't it? But we should talk about Cup games. Um, yeah. The other thing that happened last week was the FA Cup draw, wasn't it, Ollie? And who did we get? We got all the shots. Wasn't that exciting? Yeah, it was. It was not <laughs> as you know. We could have got. You know, who did you want to get? Who did you want to get? Uh, Hereford at home. I'd quite like that. Yeah, or Hereford Telford at home would be a good one. Telford away. You know, we could have like you know crashed the place or something. Um, I'd have been there this season. Yeah, I would have definitely <laughs> would have gone. Um, um, Kiddy away would be a nice one for me. Not too far away. Um, yeah. yeah, nice station. We talked pod. about this last week, didn't we? About all them small yeah. cups that left in it, and, and we actually almost drew Telford and Hereford, didn't we? They were the next yeah. two balls out of the hat after us. But I tell you what annoyed me though. Why was Shrewsbury not on the the screen? They were showing all these teams and talking about Wigan and all this kind of stuff. You know, the the, the kind of the story of um, the football league so far, and they didn't put us on the screen. Quite a few people I, I was talking to were annoyed about that. Yeah, we're little old Shrewsbury, aren't we? That's the problem. Yeah. Little old Shrewsbury. No one no one pays any attention to us, even when we're bossing the league. So there we go. I didn't think the game would get on tally. To be perfectly honest with you, it's no, not really attractive. Is it? So um, yeah, but, there we go. But fair play to the club, Ollie. Twelve pound for any yeah. season ticket holders. That's pretty good value. That yeah, so it is. And yeah, it was funny. I was um, searching for the older shot fans' reaction. They weren't very happy. One because obviously we were in Bosnian League One, um, and secondly, obviously the um, the the playoff final. Um, yes. So yeah, so it's a kind of yeah, it's a reenactment of the playoff final um, when we went to Stoke and won uh, on penalties. So hopefully, we went in normal time this one. Did you go to all shot away that season? No, league. I didn't. No, yeah. oh, no I, I didn't. didn't. I remember we were playing for the away supporters that time, and um, one of my one of our friends who might listen to the podcast, I don't know if he does, but uh, I've seen him at the football quite a bit. Is a, a lad called Giles, and we played Farnborough's fans in the morning, and um, he did his knee, and he I think he missed the game. He had to go to hospital, unfortunately. So yeah, oh. I, I remember my trip to Waldshot. It was uh, poor old Giles. It always sticks in my mind that. Um, so yeah, so I've been. I remember going to Waldshot, but uh, yeah, the playoff game was also fantastic, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, my man Dwayne Darby and his goal at the at the at Stoke. Oh man, I love Dwayne Darby. <laughs> <laughs> not, we still haven't talked enough about Dwayne Darby on this podcast, but um, yeah, there we go. So there's a bit of history there, isn't there? But yeah, there how is. are they doing this season? Have you looked? No idea. So we'll, we'll to promise look. to do some research for the, when we play them. We'll do it for the pre-match predictions, won't we? But um, yeah, there we go. Okay, good stuff. That's a nice one, covering a fantastic week as a Shrewsbury Town fan. And long may it continue. And do you know what? We could lose three games in a row and we'd still be in the top two. That's nuts, yeah. isn't it? It's absolutely. So let's we just are talk. Ten points clear. Yeah, so let's just do the lead table very quickly. Go on then, yeah. So Why number not? one, Shrewsbury Town, twenty um, fifteen games, thirty seven points. Wigan number in second place with thirty five points. Bradford third with twenty seven points. Charlton twenty seven points. And then if you look at Oxford, um, who are in seventh, they got twenty three points. We've got thirty seven. Thirty seven. Yeah. It's and, mental. And, the, and we should have beat them. <laughs> so it would have been even more. Yeah. But the, the funny thing is, is that um, you know that gap is so humongous now. Yeah. That it, it, it's going to take something to dislodge us from a, from and a top place. 25 points ahead of the relegation zone. Oh, Ollie. <laughs> drop, drop, drop on. I'm fed up of even... If anyone thinks we're still 
trying to get safe. They're stupid. It's got <laughs> I know. I'm, got. Jo- I'm doing no, it No, no, I know you are, but I still see fans saying, look, got to get to 50 points first. I'm like, what are you... Uh, nonsense. Jog nonsense. on. You need, to be looking at, you need to be looking at what we need to win the title now. And the funny thing was, someone put exactly. a comparison up um, of the points we've accrued at this point of the season compared to Burton accrued when they went up into the championship. And we've got six more points now than Burton had at the yeah. same point. They'd lost four games, didn't they? Yep. In mad. And we haven't lost Absolutely any. Absolutely mad. <laughs> Oh, it's just mad. It is mad. <laughs> I think that's a good place to leave it, Ollie. The madness yeah. continues. And uh, yes, fellow town fans, uh, we shall see you next week. Keep your heads as much as you can. And when we beat Peterborough, <laughs> just you go know, just, just go mental, and then you know we'll recover for the next week. But um, yes, cheers for listening. Hope uh, hope that was a good uh, catch up for anyone that missed the games. And um, yeah, the stats was dead interesting, Ollie. Cheers for that. And we shall catch you next Sunday rather than Monday this week. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Oh,